<clears throat> like a man. Hello and welcome to Barely Topical. Less a news digest, more a news laxative. To demonstrate our commitment to political impartiality, this week we will be joined by representatives from the seven major parties. Hello. Hello. Please. We're not racist. Um. <coughs> Independence. Devolution. There's lovely. Thank you all for joining us. We now open the floor for the 90 minutes of free debate. I don't have a second job. Well, it turns out that was a terrible idea. Who knew? Anyway. I'm Tim Frith, and I'm joined by Joe Bohoslavic. Hello. And Ruby Martin. Hello. Now, what was happening in the news this week? In testament to his wholly non-racist stance, TV's Nigel Farage has said he would axe much of race discrimination law, stating that, if we'd sat here 40 years ago, they would probably have been valid. This may help explain his political beliefs. He went on to say that, We as a party are colourblind, which may explain their logo. Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke are to pay $7.4 million to Marvin Gaye's family after a jury decided that Blurred Lines copied his 1977 hit, Got to Give It Up. Their legal team defended their use of Gaye's music without permission, saying their clients simply had no concept of consent. Apple have unveiled their new line of smartwatches amid adulation from their loyal fans. The prices are to range from $349 to $17,000. The top range models are to die for, according to one Foxconn employee. Sports personality Tiger Woods has announced plans to open his first restaurant in Florida later this spring. According to property developer Nicholas Mastroianni II, the golfer came into difficulties in naming the Woods Jupiter Sports and Dining Club after it was revealed that Nike owned the rights to the name Tiger Woods, proving that corporations truly are people too. The news, however, meant that the originally planned name of the Tiger Woods Nike Swoosh I'm Loving It Post Office Red Restaurant and Bar was unavailable for use. BBC sports presenter John Inverdale had a slip of the tongue at the Cheltenham Festival, accidentally saying Rose glasses. The BBC have since apologised, saying they will endeavour to remove all from their broadcasts. In other news, Jeremy Clarkson has been suspended. Security monitoring systems have found Jamie Oliver's website to contain harmful viruses for a second time in a month. When asked about how this could have happened, a spokesperson cited the possible causes as it wasn't left in the oven long enough and that some dodgy eggs may have been involved. Joined now by Professor Kenton Lafferty, who has recently synthesised an element with atomic number 121, making it the heaviest atom and the most recently discovered element in chemistry. Professor, welcome. Thank you for having me. Not at all, Professor Lafferty. I think the question on everybody's lips right now is, what exactly are you going to name your element? Professor Kenton Lafferty. I'm sorry? I'm naming it Professor Kenton Lafferty. I discovered it, so it's having my name. Professor Kenton Lafferty. If you don't mind my saying, that's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? I don't think it is. I'm used to saying it. Lots of practice. Professor Kenton Lafferty. Look, normally these heavy elements have technical names. What's the sequence going to be now? Unoctinium, unaninium, unbenilium, then... Professor Professor Kenton Kenton Lafferty. Lafferty. That just doesn't fit. Look, it's mine. All mine. 
My element, my name. It took me 12 years of work. I discovered an element, and it's going to have my name. And if the scientific community doesn't like it, they're just going to have to f***ing deal with it. Besides, it's a lovely name. Professor Kenton Lafferty. Fine, alright, we'll move on. Could you tell us about the research group you worked with? The Professor Kenton Lafferty Research Group has been at the top of its game for the last decade. It attracts some of the finest chemical minds available, thanks to the high profile of the Professor Kenton Lafferty Award. And how did your family react to the news? My wife Julie was over the moon. As soon as it was confirmed, I called her up and said, Professor Kenton Lafferty, we did it! Order the yacht. What? That's my little nickname for Julie. She loves it. I think. It can cause some confusion in the house, though. Oh, really? Yes, sometimes my son, Professor Kenton Lafferty Jr., will respond, and the dog comes running over, and my Xbox turns on. I programmed it to respond to my name, Professor Kenton Lafferty. Okay, I think we've heard enough. Professor, thank you. Say my name. You... you... what? Say my name. You know who I am. Say it. You're Professor Kenton Lafferty. You're goddamn right. So Vladimir Putin went missing for ten whole days and nobody knows where he was. It's a miracle he's back. It is. I thought I'm very relieved. Really? Why? I I was very worried for him. I, I thought he was just going out to... Take photos for his entire next year calendar. I thought you were going to say he was just going out to, to party. <laughs> well, he might have done. He might, hopefully he was partying. I thought this was just like a thing that weird, maniacal leaders are doing at the moment. So after last year, it was Kim Jong-un. Yeah, and, and, and this year, Putin. Just disappearing for no reason. Does that mean that Dave Cameron's going to disappear sometime soon? What, what are you saying about Cameron? <laughs> It's slightly a weird comparison uh, to put David Cameron along with Putin and Kim Jong-un. Well, it just seems like it's the logical progression from... Extreme right, far right to Cameron. No, no, the progression that Ruby's referring to is um, they're getting more and more butch. (laughs) Well, it'll be quite a while before they get to Ed Miliband then. Yep. Ripped. But there have been a lot of rumours about what he's been doing for the last ten days. I've heard that he was auditioning to be the next presenter of Top Gear. See, I thought he just died and that was it. That was was done with Putin. Uh, That's been ruled out because he has since been shown to be alive. I know, it is disappointing. Um, Disappointing? I really hope Putin doesn't hear this. (laughs) Don't worry, no one will. I'm Alan Curtins, but maybe I am not. Everybody knows that the establishment bombards the public with knowingly false messages in an attempt to manage and placate the masses. This is because, in 1961, Lord Reith discovered that if you say things in a BBC documentary voice, the veracity of your statements would go unquestioned. But it wasn't until the invention of archive footage in 1968 by Coca-Cola that deception could really take place. The combination of speed-altered archive footage, electronic music, and a calming voice means everybody will believe literally everything you say. For instance, red is not actually a colour, but rather a trademark of the Labour Party, which in turn is actually just the colour red. 
Horses know far more than you think. Henry Kissinger almost won the lottery in 1991, which was five years after 1986. Donald Rumsfeld was going to run the perimeter of the Pentagon in 1975 until he was set upon by owls in a car park. Humpty Dumpty was written by Winston Churchill in 1925 as a complex mnemonic for making his famous mushroom risotto. Gravy isn't. The Large Hadron Collider was lost in 2003 and no one has seen it since, but the media didn't report this because it was too complicated. The thing in James Brown's hit, Get Up Off of That Thing, was actually a cushion. There was no scientific law forbidding mallards from duplicating until 1919, when it had to be invented by German scientists who were actually working on a cure. And now live from the European Central Bank, we have a report from Tim Frith. T-tip, or to tip might sound like the gratuity you leave in a Yorkshire restaurant, but in reality, the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership is much more important than an extra 20% on puddings. It's designed to create the largest free trade region in the world by GDP, spanning Europe and the United States. However, tariffs are already exceptionally low, so it's mostly things such as different safety standards and regulations acting as barriers to trade. Without these, some estimates suggest billions of pounds could be added to just the UK's economy. And really, who needs all this health and safety? The United States seems fine without such strict laws, ignoring their higher rates of traffic-related deaths and use of harmful pesticides in food. Hmm, maybe not. I mean, by signing up to, to tip... There would no doubt be need for some compromise in this respect. And not happy with just endangering our lives, it seems, to tip, might lead to our governments going to court. Like sitting next to your newly employed second cousin at a dinner party, there are discussions over complex legal tools which allow foreign investors to protect their money from the host state. Known as ISDS, they unfortunately have very little to do with the International Sheepdog Society. This might seem like reasonable protection until you realise one of the major concerns is that a foreign company being contracted to run a section of the NHS would be able to sue the UK government if they decided it should be returned to the public sector. This is, of course, hypothetical. Nobody really wants to run a hospital. So the questions are, can we do anything to protect the NHS? And how low should the EU go? The first question is quite simple. It's possible to exempt healthcare, as France has done with media, to protect their interesting and artsy yet apparently not economically competitive cinema industry from the evils of Hollywood. Otherwise, an ISDS isn't that bad. Many companies can sue the government for various reasons, and society continues to function. The second question is tougher, but not impossible to answer. While the EU, specifically the UK, is leading the way with our apparently mad health and safety restrictions, each member state already has different standards in place, or some they forget to follow. If you fancy driving as fast as you like, go to Germany. If toxic gas is in your lungs as your vice, take a walk down Oxford Street. So, does it really matter that some cars might have lower gas mileage? Not really. We still have the freedom to buy well-built Asian-designed cars. And besides, these standards are a two-way street, and the deal may encourage the US to up theirs and finally start caring more about living humans than unborn fetuses. There we have it. Yes, there are some major concerns relating to it, but the upsides are huge. And if it's carefully debated, surely a hundred billion pound boost would be great for the EU. Maybe what we need is just to tip.
seems as though we've already received a few letters. Uh, have you got any? Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird that we got some in our first week before we've even told people what our address is. Would you like to read them out at all? Fine. Dear sirs and or madams, I haven't heard the show yet. There's no way to tell. I find this hard to admit, but I fear I might have fallen out of love with Jeremy Clarkson. I can tolerate accusations of homophobia, cultural mockery or bigotry, but a man involved in a fracas? No way. Same goes twice for skirmishes, brouhaha's or melees. James may think it was only a bit of a dust-up, but on the other hand, if these rumours are true, I don't think I'll be able to stick up for him any longer. I truly hope he just punched a man. Yours, Mark Cornish. What about you, Ruby? Have you got anything? I do. Dear sirs slash madams, I understand a lot of people disagree with Dolce and Gabbana for criticising children born through IVF as synthetic, but to be honest, I agree with them. In fact, I want to offer them a sponsoring deal with my new association, the Anti-Synthetic Society, where if it's man-made, we're not interested. Amongst the many things we don't allow, there are GM crops, modern medicine, nylon, glass, plastic, the internet, and compassion for our fellow man. If you are interested in getting in contact, you can find us at the small cave on the cliffside. Just remember to ring the wind chimes when you get there. Yours sincerely, Neil Luddism. P.S. Sorry the handwriting may be difficult to read, the combination of raw graphite lump and natural lighting of the cave can be slightly difficult to work with. But who needs light when we have our principles to guide us? Well, thank you very much for listening to our first episode of Barely Topical. If you'd like to get in touch with us, find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, email barelytopical at gmail.com, or visit our website, barelytopical.wordpress.com. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye! Bye! Bye! Barely Topical also featured Matt Bonner as Professor Kenton Lafferty, and was written by Joe Bohuslavic, Tim Frith, Ruby Martin, Rosie Nolan, and Tom Rhys-Williams. The music Vivacity, Mining by Moonlight, and Mirage was by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. The show was produced by UCLU Comedy Club.